Welcome to Deutsche Bank's Martin Market Podcast, where we level set with global business leaders and vital topics that we are facing today. And now over to your host, Mark Fedorsik, Head of the Investment Bank, in conversation with Jill Woodworth, Chief Financial Officer of Peloton. The first question, because you come from a long history, as you just described, in the financial services sector, what did you learn and what do you take from those financial services sector, both at J.P. Morgan and Morgan Stanley to Peloton, and how did it help you navigate very successfully the pandemic? Well, I would say the first order of business was capital raising for Peloton when I got there. So we were um, embarking on our last private round right as I joined Peloton, um, which was in, in 2018, um, which was led by TCV, so one of our largest shareholders today. So that was um, obviously there was some synergy with having spent a lifetime, it feels like helping companies raise capital, positioning their story, you know, building, you know, an appropriate forecast that you feel comfortable with. Um, And then pretty soon after that, it was really all about getting ready for the IPO Um, and doing it from this perspective versus an advisory capacity as a banker was was very eye-opening. Um, I don't think as a banker, even though I probably worked on, you know, I don't know, 25, 30 IPOs in my career, I don't think I ever appreciated how much work it is on the company to, to not only get ready to go public, but every step of that process. And so um, it obviously it set me up well. I knew what to expect. I knew how to um, you know, how to run the process, but I don't think I had appreciated just how much time, um, in addition to doing your day job that you needed to spend in preparation for, for going public. It was, it was pretty exhausting for the first year and a half. What advice can you give to the analyst associates, the group heads around the globe? When you now interact with bankers, what advice can you give us to, to hopefully become a bit more successful? Well, I, I certainly wish I could have done this role for, you know, six year, you know, six months to a year bef- and, and go back to my former self as a banker. I think I would have been a much, much more effective banker had I been able to sort of understand the client view. But I honestly think it's like most things in life. Uh, chemistry, friendship and trust are paramount to a great banking relationship. Uh, the, the, the best client bankers that I've interacted with since uh, Peloton, since I've been at Peloton, is really those that are actually really good at listening and asking really good, insightful questions and getting me to talk. Um, I think we oftentimes, as bankers, when I was a banker, you get caught up and, you know, you want to say something insightful. You need to put big books together to show how much you've, um, you know, learned about the company or the industry. But the reality is like, if you, if, if bankers just came in with some really good questions and put a couple of hours into thinking about what do I, what do I want to ask the client so that I can figure out how to then go back, do real homework, and then come back with, uh, you know, a way to address, you know, some of the things that came up when they were you know, getting the answers to those questions, like getting your client to talk is the most important thing in the world. So if I if I could go back, I would have stopped producing these big books. I'm sure all the analysts and associates are 
uh, applauding this right now, but it, it just doesn't matter. You know, stock price graphs and multiples and market updates, they do have their time and their place. But I think in the very early stages, especially when you're trying to get to know a client, it's just have five really insightful questions that you want to ask and ask them because clients like to talk about their business. Um, and, and I've found the effective bankers kind of do that. And then the, the ones that insist on going through a book, I mean, basically you just, I start looking at my phone. I start, I start trying to figure out how to get out. Um, and it would be like, <laughs> I want another, that I would want another meeting. It, 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 it's, it's going through banking books is no fun for a client. You have said that Peloton uh, sees itself more as a very multifaceted technology company rather than a media company. Can you explain that? Well, first off, the actual product itself is the combination of hardware, software, and content. And really the important, I mean, all three are obviously important, um, but anybody can produce a piece of hardware, right? Um, but I think to really take that hardware and take that content and mesh it together with software features that really engage and entertain and motivate our members is what really is important. Whether it's a leaderboard, the ability to do high fives, the ability to video chat, um, to, to um, innovate on our leaderboard. Uh, there, there's just so much that is rooted in technology. We have hundreds of software engineers who are working on social features, on additional performance features, um, and tracking features all the time. And, and that's the stuff that our members are constantly asking us for. So that we, we think it is a product that is rooted in software and technology, which we think is the glue that really makes the experience a cohesive, immersive, entertaining experience. That is the result, you know, the resulting, you know, impact of that is the fact that our members are, are doing 20 or 30 workouts with us a month. So we know it's working. We really do appreciate your time today and those comments. We really appreciate it. Thank you, Jill. Well, thank you for having me.